Well, I'm going to just open up this morning and read from First uh, Samuel. I've been uh, mulling on this a little bit. I, we've been talking about uh, talking about the the I guess the principles in here um, this week, and 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 when I read this, it just kind of hit me. Um, and I'll just explain here in a minute. But if you uh, go to First Samuel 18. Chapter 18, verse 6. It's talking about Saul and, and David and uh, how David had served Saul and, and was in his court. And, and it says in verse 6, it says, Now it happened as they were coming home when David was returning from the slaughtering or from the slaughter of the Philistines, that the women had come out of all the cities of Israel singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tambourines, with joy, and with musical instruments. So the women sang and they danced and said, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. Then Saul was very angry. And the saying displeased him. And he said, they have ascribed to David ten thousands and to me they have ascribed only thousands. Now what more can he have but the kingdom? So Saul eyed David from that day forward. And it happened on the next day that the distressing spirit from God came upon Saul. And he prophesied inside the house. So David played music with his hand as at other times. But there was a spear in Saul's hand. As Saul cast the spear... For he said, or and, and, and Saul cast the spear, for he said, I will pin David to the wall. But David escaped his presence twice. Now Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him, but had departed from Saul. Therefore Saul removed him from his presence and made him his captain over a thousand. And he went out and came in before the people. And David behaved wisely in all his ways. And the Lord was with him. Therefore, when Saul saw that he behaved very wisely, he was afraid of him. But all Israel and Judah loved David because he went out and came in before them. Jump down to verse 25. Then Saul said, Thus you shall say to David, The king does not desire any dowry, but one hundred foreskins of the Philistines to take vengeance on the king's enemies. But Saul thought to make David fall by the hand of the Philistines. So I've talked with this, I've talked with, with my wife about this in the, in the recent weeks. I've talked with a few others about this in recent weeks. It really stuck out to me. Two things. First of all, Saul's anger and jealousy opened up the enemy. Opened up a door for the enemy to come in. And to, and to disrupt and to take take over and to it says that the, that the that the spirit of God left him at that point so when we 
operate in anger and and when we operate in um, jealousy and and rage, things like that, we, we open ourselves up to the enemy. It's not good. That's first thing. Second thing. Fear will cause us to identify the wrong enemy. Fear causes us to identify or can cause us to identify the wrong enemy. We've talked about that this week, that through all this whole thing that has happened, people have been weaponized. And that's not okay. People are not the enemy. And we need to realize that. You know, this isn't just the world and Christians. This is happening in families. It's happening amongst friends and coworkers, people that you normally would get along with and normally would commune with and normally would be intimate with. But this fear that's come in has caused us to identify the wrong enemy. People are not the enemy. We have an enemy. And he's got, he's got three things that he tries to do. Steal, kill, and destroy. And he's trying to steal as much as he can from us. Unity. And togetherness. And today, I just, it just really stuck out with me. And I really felt like I, I needed to, 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 to read that and to... Um, just proclaim that today we need to cast down that spirit of disunity and that spirit of fear that we can walk together in harmony. So Father God, we thank you so much, God, that you give us your word, Lord God, that we can see, Lord God, and have discernment and understanding Lord God, to see what's going on and to understand the the sign of the times, Lord God. Father, we thank you that we are called the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Father, we just purpose to walk in unity, to come against the plans and the purposes of the enemy and walk in the plans and the purposes of God together in harmony, in unity. And Father God, we just purpose today to use praise and worship as our weapon. We are going to use praise and worship this morning as our weapon against the enemy to shut the mouth of the lion. So I encourage you this morning, as you praise, as you worship, use it as a weapon. Come against that that fear. Come against anything else that might be causing a wedge, causing a division in your relationships. Father, we thank you for it. We give you all the glory and the honor, and we worship you this morning, and we go out as part of your army. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.
lives for our country, to protect our freedoms, to give us our freedoms. Uh, we're forever grateful to live in this great nation and to, to celebrate the freedoms that were given to us. I'd like to speak a little bit today on purposeful giving. Um, and as I was preparing for today and what to present and, and praying about it, uh, my favorite Karis instructor, uh, Barry Bennett, posted a teaching uh, on purposeful giving. And so I liked it so much, and he has a better way of presenting things than I do. So I'd like to uh, lift a few of his sentences out of there, to, and I'll, I'll reference them. But my first reference is 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8. It says, With this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, that you may always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. There's a lot of alls there. Um, many times when we speak of giving, we use the phrases, well, I, I feel led to give, uh, I don't feel led to give, or you need to be led by the Holy Spirit in your giving. I do believe that. But as Barry pointed out this week, it's without realizing it, if we only rely on feeling led or not feeling led in our giving, we can miss out on powerful opportunities as sons and daughters of God and can fall back into a more passive role as servants. A servant only does what he's told, but a son or a daughter can enter into a dimension of faith that unleashes the grace of God. I do believe there are times when we are specifically led to give or not give. Uh, I, I've experienced this many times in my own life. But giving only as we feel led puts responsibility only on the Holy Spirit. I may no longer be involved with, with, with my heart. I'm simply obeying or not obeying what I feel God wants me to do. What I may actually be saying is I could have given more, but I don't think God wants me to give more. We may be intentionally washing our hands of any participation in the act of giving. We just did what we were told. And now, hear me, I'm, I believe in balance. So I'm not trying to say we shouldn't listen to what the Holy Spirit says or we shouldn't um, be in tune with that. But I also believe that there's another dimension of purposeful giving. Um, Paul says that clearly we are to give as we purpose in our hearts. Is there a difference? I, I believe so. I believe it's another dimension of, of giving. In 2 Corinthians 8, 2 through 3, we read that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing. Paul commended these believers in Macedonia for their zeal in giving beyond their ability to the needs of the poor, other poor believers. Paul uses the words joy, liberality, and freely willing. There's no mention in this case of being led. But there are times, many times, when the Holy Spirit has prompted Luann or me to give during a special meeting 
or hearing of a particular need or an opportunity to minister to someone in need. And so many of these times, it started out being led by the Holy Spirit to give, but it turned into a continual purposeful giving on our part. Um, I'd like to give an, an illustration of something that's very near and dear to my heart. Um, almost 17 years ago, we were on a short-term mission trip led by Pastor Karen and by Dana Marta Lewis um, in Central Europe. In particular, one of the stops was in Sigishwara, Romania, or Shegishwar in Hungarian. We met um, husband and wife pastor team, Martin and Anako Shakeresh, and they told us of their dream to start an orphanage. God had given them a vision. They had four girls, and God had given them a vision that they would have boys. And, and they were like, well, okay. Well, let me back up a little bit. In Romania, Transylvania in particular, the Roma people are poor. And so in hospitals, many times the women will go to deliver their babies, and they don't have the money to pay for the delivery. So in a number of cases, those women have to sneak out of the hospital in the middle of the night and leave their children there. It's tragic. It's heartbreaking. Well, they had, Martin and Anako had an opportunity. There had been a young boy named Peter, had been in the hospital for two years, had not seen the outside, had not gone anywhere, but been in his hospital room. And so they had the opportunity to take him in and, by extension, other, other young boys. And so as we heard this story, my daughter Ashley was with us as well, and she, and she developed a, an affinity for these boys as well. Um, I asked, how much would it cost to sponsor these children on a regular basis to provide for their needs? Because Martin and Anako had a family. They couldn't necessarily afford to take them in on their own. So um, I, I decided to give, or felt led to give, a certain amount. And then when I got home decided that, you know, Luann and I needed to pray about this and, and think about this because the amount was non-trivial. And so God put in our hearts to support these four boys, um, Peter, Juicy, Yosef, and Adi, Adrian, until they turned 18 or until they finished school. And so, you know, we understood that this was a commitment, but we really felt that this was a purpose that God had called us on that particular trip to. So, um, you know, we looked around, and, and, you know, we really didn't have that sitting around. Um, but, you know, we trusted God. We'd seen God supply all of our needs before. So uh, back up a little bit. These boys are now in a, in, a, in a trilingual city, right? So they speak Hungarian, Romanian, and German. They have an opportunity. The oldest one has, has just finished school. They have an opportunity to get good jobs. They're all born again. They've all been saved. They're influential in their churches. They're all musicians. They play in their, in their, in their churches, um, worship teams. And so it's been, for 17 years, it's been an awesome opportunity for us to see God work in this situation where there was no hope or very little hope for some of these boys. God gave us the opportunity to purposely give to seeing them um, mature. And it's also been an opportunity as we've gone back on the mission uh, field in, in, in small short-term missions to see them grow, to see them minister. So, you know, I'm, I'm saying if we hadn't 
purposed on that, we may not have had the opportunity for so many of these blessings to be seen in our life. And through it all, you know, God has provided to fulfill his purpose. You know, he's told us in, in Deuteronomy, in the Old Covenant, he told us that he has given us the ability to produce wealth. And he certainly has done that in our life. And that's the Old Covenant. In the New Covenant, he's told us that he has given us seed for the sower, that he's given us abundance for every good work. In 2 Corinthians 9.10, it tells us, Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Now God is faithful. I mean, we can prove him over and over again, but we need to participate. You know, it's there. Grace is there, but we need to receive it by faith and walk in it. This has also helped, uh, helped Luann and me to be confident in his provision for our prosperity. You know, this was God's idea. We firmly believe it, and we know that. Well, in order for God's purpose to be fulfilled, he needed to provide the ability for us to produce that wealth, and he did. You know, I've advocated for giving over and above tithes and offerings, and, and, and purposeful giving, in my understanding, is, yes, it starts with the tithe, but it's also for other opportunities that come along, maybe one time, maybe, maybe uh, 17 years. But I do believe that that's what the Word tells us to do. And I also do believe that it is important to listen to the Holy Spirit for those leadings on when to give, feel led, and, and not to, to feel led. I think there's a balance here. And so uh, Paul says, let each one give as he purposes in his heart. I think Paul's instruction is clear. Uh, giving is a heart issue. It's an opportunity to step into a world of, a world of faith. Giving should not only be an obedience to an instruction, but also a heart response to a need. When we give from a heart of faith and vision, the spiritual world of God's provision springs to life. God loves a cheerful giver, and he's able to make all grace abound to us, that we always, having all sufficiency in everything, may have an abundance for every good work. As I've said before, you know, um, I've stolen this, this line. We are a blessed to be a blessing, to represent Christ to the world. And you know, it's also fun to watch. You know, there, there's so many huge blessings out there that, that we can look at that God has given us the opportunity to see the fruit of our sowing. Yeah, I mean, there are other principles that play into our, our prosperity, but uh, I want to thank you for the time to speak some of these words today. Uh, there are opportunities to give to River Valley Christian Church in RVFM Ministries. You can give online at rvcc.info slash donate or on the main page at the bottom, PayPal and credit card. You can bring your offering in to River Valley Christian Church, 5900 Lake Elmo Avenue, uh, Monday through Thursday, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., uh, you can mail it in to River Valley Christian Church, Lake Elmo, 5900 Lake Elmo Avenue North, Lake Elmo, Minnesota, 55042. 
And other ministries that are associated with RVFM uh, have links on their websites. There are also links from the RVCC main page. Oh, thank you. Um, so now I'd like to pray over the offering, and thank you for your time. Father God, we do thank you for this day. We do thank you for this nation and for this weekend that we're celebrating our freedoms and those that fought and gave them to us. Father, we thank you that you have given us the ability to produce wealth. You have given seed to the sower. You have promised us that you will provide every one of our needs according to your riches and glory. And Father, we thank you that you have us in the palm of your hand. Father, we ask that you would bless each person and their ability to give, each gift that's given. We cover every budget, every need of every RVFM ministry, and we thank you that it's your provision that allows us to prosper. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, worship team. That was powerful this morning. Thank you, Pastor John Logan, for your word this morning. That was good stuff. Man, you got any more? You want to come up? I'm just, I'm just kidding. No, stay there. All right. Let's pray. Father, we do come before you this morning, and we want to hear your voice. Lord, this isn't about hearing my voice. It's not about my opinion. It's not about how I think about things. It's not about how we as, uh, as human beings think about these things. Father, we want to hear your voice. We want to hear your word. So Father, anything that comes from me this morning that's just me, I pray that it falls to the ground and it's nothing. But Lord, that the, the name of Jesus, the word of God, the truth of your, your purposes and plans for this world and for our lives will be fulfilled in every way. That the name of Jesus be lifted up and that all men will be drawn unto you. And Father, that your plan and purpose, your kingdom forcefully moves forward from this moment on. Thank you, Father, that we get to be a part of it. Thank you that we're not of this world, but that we're just passing through. And that this, this is your life to live through us. And we want to do it with all the power, all the authority, all the anointing that you've given us through your word. And so, Father, this morning as we dig into your word and some other things, I pray that every, hear, every ear, every hearer hears them for what they are, truth, life, and power. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 32. Jeremiah chapter 32, for anybody who's been a part of River Valley Christian Church, RVFM, uh, for as long as, for many, many years, every year we, we read through the Bible, uh, you know, we, every two years we read fully through the Bible together on a schedule, and uh, right now, uh, this last week, we are in Jeremiah, still are in Jeremiah, and uh, I was reading this, and, and I, you know, there's times, I've been, I've been a Christian since I was four years old in varying levels of capacity and varying levels of dedication and various various levels of obedience. And uh, read the Bible many, many times. I can't tell you how many times I've read the Bible. It doesn't matter. A lot. Many times. And I've read different parts of it even more. But 
and I've read Jeremiah before, but I read this this week, and here's why we need to continually be in the Word, why we need to continually be uh, uh, listening to what God says through His written Word, through the Bible, because He can speak to you exactly where you are right now, right today. It is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. It is the Word of God. It's the power of God onto salvation. And so it's important to be in the Word. You know, here I am 50 years uh, into Christianity, 50 years plus, and I, I, read, I read this this week and I went, wow, that's what we're living today. This is, this is as real today as it was back in Jeremiah's time. Jeremiah chapter 32, beginning with verse 6, says this, and I'm reading out of the uh, out of the uh, uh, new or the uh, where am I reading out of ESV English Standard Version, and uh, Jeremiah said, the word of the Lord came to me, behold, Hanamel the son of Shalom your uncle will come to you and say, buy my field that is in that is at Anathoth, for the right of redemption by purchase is yours, then. So that's period, stop there. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah and said, this guy, your cousin's going to come to you and, and he's going to ask you to buy his field. Okay? And so then period, we get to uh, verse 8. Then Hanamel, my cousin, came to me in the court of the guard in accordance with the word of the Lord and said to me, buy my field, that is at Anathoth in the land of Benjamin, for the right of possession and redemption is yours. Buy it for yourself. Then this is Jeremiah saying, then I knew that this was the word of the Lord. That's really interesting. Because, you know, if you, you got to know the whole story. You got to know what's going on. You got to, you have to understand what is happening in the background. You know, I can read this this morning, you know, and, and that's the problem with if you haven't been reading your, the Bible, if you haven't, if you don't know this story in the fullness, you read that and go, huh, cool. But you don't know the, the weight of it. You don't know the, the significance of it unless you know the context of it. That's why we preach the word in context. It, you don't just take a word out, you know, don't take a verse out and say, so I'm going to live my life by this verse. And it says, you know, he fell into the field and, and his insides burst out and uh, he died. You know, that's a dumb verse to just pick as your life verse. I'm just telling you. It's just a little hint. No extra charge on that one this morning. But... It's good to know the context of what's the, what the, the Bible is saying and why it's, it's so important. The context of this is Jeremiah was a prophet. Jeremiah was, was the word of the Lord spoken right before or as the, the exile was being fulfilled, as it was happening. The, the city was under siege. The city was surrounded by, by Nebuchadnezzar's army, and they're, they're pounding the city. They're pounding the city. They're attacking the city. And Jeremiah is going into the streets, and he's going to the king's uh, the palace, and he's saying, Nebuchadnezzar is coming in. Nebuchadnezzar is going to defeat you. Nebuchadnezzar is going to uh, take this city, and we're all going in exile. And the king's ticked at him. The reason he's in, in the court uh, of the guard is because he's under arrest. He's being arrested for speaking the truth. Huh. 
Isn't that interesting? He, you know, the king said, stop preaching that. Stop speaking that. Stop prophesying. Don't prophesy that. Don't you know it's hurting my feelings? He didn't say that. I just added that part in. That's the John extended version, the J-E-V. <clears throat> that, that one can fall to the ground. So if you're looking for, you know, as I pray that, those are the kind of things that can fall to the ground. It's okay. But don't preach. Don't speak the word of the Lord. Don't do that. I, I'm commanding you as the king to stop prophesying in the name of the Lord. And so Jeremiah goes, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to offend you. So, okay, I'll. No. He just kept doing what God told him to do. He kept preaching. He kept speaking. And it got him arrested. Okay. A lot of good people got arrested. A lot, of good, a lot of good people have been put in jail. And in jail, so here we are. Okay, so let's keep this in context. The city is under siege. The country is under siege. An invading army is pounding at the gates. They're, they're trying to break into the city. That's bad. Just so you know. Just, so you know, just to, put, like I say, put it in context. They're having a bad day. They're having a bad week. They're having a bad month. They're having a bad year. It's been going on for a while. And, and, and Jeremiah is trying to speak the truth, and people are, have arrested him for it. And they've put him in jail. And he's under, he's under lock and key. He's under guard. And in the midst of it, God speaks. In the midst of it, God speaks to him, telling him something very personal. You know, the whole book of Jeremiah, well, you know, the, the book of you know, any of the prophets is full of prophecies about nations and about times and, and, and movements and all kinds of things. But here we see where God spoke to somebody, you know, and, and what Brian was just talking about. There are times when God speaks to you personally, and you need to hear that voice, and you need to obey that voice, because you, and you got to know it's God. And how do you know it's God? Well, one way you know that it's God is you're in the Word a lot. And when, when you hear that Word from the Lord, it sounds just like the kind of stuff you're hearing in there. And it bears witness to your spirit. If you don't hear the, if you don't hear the voice of God in these times, you're in trouble. I'm telling you. And don't wait for Sunday morning for me to tell you. Because I may talk about something else. You need to hear the voice of the Lord. That's why you need to read the Bible. That's why you need to pray. That's, why, that's another way you know the voice of the Lord. You spend so much time in prayer in, with Him, fellowshipping with Him, that when you hear a voice, that voice, you'll go, oh, that's my Father, and you follow Him. No matter how weird it sounds. If it's weird, you know, not just because it's weird, but sometimes it's weird. Sometimes He says stuff, you go, huh? He says, like, he says stuff to me all the time. My usual reaction is, huh? I still remember, uh, you know, about, about two to three weeks before all this happened, we were actually planning on uh, taking another trip to Israel 
this next winter, that we were in the process of, of planning it. Michael uh, was, was, we had just got back, but we were looking at, you know, the momentum of advertisement and that, hey, we want to do this again. There's a number of people who want to go to, that want to go again or have, go again or to go, you know, because they couldn't go this last time. And so we were in the process of planning another trip to Israel. And so uh, we were t- had, had a couple of uh, Zoom calls, and we were ta- you know, talking about this with the pastor down in Florida. And then all of a sudden, one day, uh, Michael calls us up, and he says, hey, we need to talk. He says, I've been in prayer, and for whatever reason, he says, I have no peace. I, he says, everything I hear is stop planning on this trip. Well, you could look at that and go, why, how come? Don't you have faith? You know, what's wrong? You know, what, what is the reason? And he just, he, he just kept saying, I don't know. I don't know what this is, but what I do know is I don't have peace about it. And it, here's the deal. I didn't have anything one way or the other. It, if it was left up to me, we'd still be, we would have still been planning it. I, I, but I, I heard what he said. He goes, I, I don't have peace about it. I think we need to stop planning. And I said, well, I'm going to trust you. That's what you do. You know, it wasn't, in, wasn't for me to have to edict or anything. So I just said, you know what, Michael, I trust you. I, I know you hear from, the, hear from the Holy Spirit. Go ahead and, yeah, just take, let's just put it on the shelf. We don't have to push this. After this all happened, he called up. He goes, wow. This is, look at, you know, we didn't know this. You didn't know this was going to happen before unless the Holy Spirit told you ahead of time. And you could prepare for it. You could make plans for it. You could act appropriately. That's what, what God says here to, to, to Jeremiah. He says, you know, Jeremiah didn't, had no idea that he needed to buy a field. But God, in the midst of this crisis, says, oh, by the way, your cousin's going to come to you, and he's going to tell you to buy a field. Okay, just say, and, and it happened exactly how God said. It's important to hear the voice of God. It's important to know what to do and to act appropriately. Now, sometimes it is to move forward. Sometimes it's go. Sometimes it's stop. Sometimes it's back up. Well, God would never tell you to back up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he would. Especially if the, you know, the piano is going to fall from the second story window. Back up. Sometimes he says duck. You know, yeah. do what the Holy Spirit leads you to do. You know, just a, a step backwards is not failure. Sometimes a step backwards is positioning yourself to move forward at even a greater speed, to give you more of a run to move forward. So he tells Jeremiah here, he says, hey, your cousin's going to show up. Uh, he's going to ask you to buy a field and do accordingly. And then it, exa- it happened. The guy walks into the court and says, and it was the exact guy, it was his cousin, and he says, hey, I, I want you to buy my field because it's your right to do it. Uh, would you like to buy it? You know, and Jeremiah could have said, uh, dude, look at this. I'm in jail. You want me to do what? I don't have any cash on me. Whatever. No, Jeremiah went, that was the word of the Lord. I need to pay attention. I need to do this. And he did it. And he says, then I knew that this was the word of the Lord. How did he know for sure it was the word of the Lord? It happened. How do you know anything is the word of the Lord? Well, it happens. Up until then, it's faith. When it happens, then it's reality. Wow, I heard the voice of the Lord. 
It was really interesting. I've told a few people this about a month or two before all this happened. I was in prayer. I was doing some stuff. And all of a sudden, I hear a voice. I, not a hear. I don't, I don't hear audible. Woo. I mean, some people do. Not, the, woo is not because you hear the voice. How, I just don't. Okay. I just don't. I just had this very strong impression inside my, my spirit. And I heard these words. You're going to be doing vlogs. And it was one of those times where I went, huh? I'm going to be vlogging. I'm going to vlog. And I'm thinking, what in the world am I going to vlog about? I can't even keep a diary. I've tried. I've really tried to journal. You people who journal, you're amazing. Just keep it up. Go for it. You know, many people have said, with everything that's going on in your life, John, you should really journal because it's just for historical. I know. It'd be great to have written this stuff down and go, see, we did this. We did. I know exactly what I said. And how I, I can't. I just can't do it. And then, then to come up with something on a regular basis to vlog. I just, okay, I'm going to plan this out. And, and uh, we were, I was talking with a group of pastors this week, and, and one of them had, had replaced a, a, a pastor who had retired, and he says, I'm not him. Because he write, he used, this guy used to write out his sermon six to eight weeks ahead of time. He knew exactly what he was going to preach two months from now. And we all looked at each other and went... <laughs> As you'll find out, I've got about 10 more minutes of what I knew I was going to preach on, and then we got the rest of the hour here, or the rest of the 45 minutes. So it's going to get exciting. If I know the morning of, it's, it's amazing. But God's God, right? So where was I? Oh, so vlogging. So you know, you're going to vlog. And I'm like, okay. So I started thinking of sermon titles or things to vlog about and how to do it and the technology, and I just got, ugh. It was just like, ugh. Kenneth Hagin used to say it was like putting on a wet sock. It's just like, it's just not right. There's, it's not horrible, it's a sock. But it's just not right. It just doesn't fit, it doesn't feel, you're just like, ugh. I just, I was like, I don't want to vlog. Well, then all this stuff started to happen, and we had to get information out to people. And one day, after about the second or third time, I'm sitting in my backyard shooting a quick video of announcements of how we're going to handle the next change of how everything's changing, I went, oh my gosh, I'm vlogging. (laughs) And now, and now, this could be considered vlogging. We're doing this electronically every week for the last, what, 10 weeks? Something like that, 8 to 10 weeks. I'm vlogging. I am a vlogger. Sorry, moving on. But you got to hear, how do I know that that was the word of God was? It happened. And I didn't make it happen, it just happened. That's how you know. How do you know? Well, you've got to walk it out by faith, but then all of a sudden you go, wow, I heard the voice of the Lord. So Jeremiah hears the voice of the Lord, and he does what he's, what he's supposed to do. Verse 9, Jeremiah 32, beginning with verse 9. And he says, and I bought the field at Anathoth, from Hanamel, my cousin, and weighed out the money to him, 17 shekels of silver. I signed the deed, sealed it, got witnesses, and weighed the money on scales. Then I took the sealed deed of purchase, contained, containing the terms and the condition. Do you see all the details in here? It's important. He, he didn't just say, yeah, sure, I'll buy it and just move on. No, he bought the property. He did it. 
He stepped out. He took by faith. And you're going to find out in just a moment here, it took faith for him to do this. Why did it take faith for him to do this? There is an invading army at the gate, pounding on the doors. They're surrounded. And the word of the Lord has already come to him and said, they're coming in. And they're going to take everybody to Babylon. They're, they're going to win this. You're going to lose. You're going to lose. You're going to, this is going to happen. So think about that. Just put yourself in there. There's an invading army. The, the news report, JNN, Jerusalem Negative News, is saying they're, they're pounding at the door. It's inevitable. We've ran the statistics. They're going to come in. And your cousin comes and says, hey, buy this field from me. I'm like, dude, you're not going to even own the field in about three days. And you want me to buy it? Well, the Lord, word of the Lord came to him and said, buy the field. And he did it. He did the process of buying the field. I signed the deed, sealed it, got witnesses, weighed the money on the scales. Then I took the sealed deed of purchase, containing the terms and conditions and the open copy, and gave the deed of purchase to Baruch the son of Neriah, son of Manasseh. In the presence of Hanamel, my cousin, in the presence of the witnesses who signed the deed of purchase, and in the presence of all the Judeans who were sitting in the court of the guard, I charged Baruch within his, in their presence, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. He did all of this openly. He did all of it publicly. He, did, he made sure they understood I'm buying that piece of property. He did it legally. He did it. He took the steps necessary. He took all the steps necessary. He could have said, you know, in three days they're coming through the gate. It doesn't matter. Here's the money. It's my property. Who cares? Because I'm never going to do anything with it. Because they're going to they're bust in the doors. They're coming in. But no, he went through the right process to do the right thing, to do it in the right way, why? Because it's the right thing to do. Do things right. And then he said this. Thus says the Lord of hosts. Verse 14, Jeremiah 32. Take these deeds, both this sealed deed of purchase and the open deed, and put them in an earthenware vessel that they may last for a long time. So they did that. And then God goes on to say this. This is the part that just... Wow. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, houses and fields and vineyards shall again be bought in this land. Let's read that again. It's so powerful. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, houses and fields and vineyards shall again be bought in this land. I don't care how bad it looks out there. I don't care what it looks like at the gate. I don't care how many soldiers are out there. I don't care that it's even been prophesied that they're going to come in and they're going to take us all to Babylon. The Lord God says, you need to buy that piece of property because it's going to be bought and sold again. Life is going to get back to normal. And you can stand on that because it's the Word of God. That was not the end. It looked like the end. You know, I mean, we know history standing back 3,000, 
2,000, 3,000, 4,000 years, and we know how it all played out, but they didn't. They had no idea what tomorrow would bring. They, didn't have, they had no idea what was about to happen or what was going to happen in 5 years, 10 years, 15 years, 70 years. They did not know, except they had the Word of the Lord. The only way they could make great decisions, the only way they could take steps forward is they knew what God said and they, they stood on what God said and Jeremiah goes, yeah, I'm going to buy that land because God's told me that houses and fields and vineyards shall again be bought in this land. They, most people, when they get overrun by the Babylonians, those, those civilizations don't exist anymore as such. When the Romans came through and conquered you know, nations and conquered, conquered people groups, those people don't exist as people anymore. When the Israelites came back into the, the land of Israel, or the, 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 you know, Canaan or the promised land, and they wiped out people like the Philistines, the Philistines don't exist anymore. Do you know how easy it would have been for the Babylonians to come in, absorb the, the Jewish people, and they become Babylonians, and we never hear about the, the Jews again? That's how things worked back then. But God said, that's not what's going to happen, guys. Houses and fields and lands will be bought in here, in this land, again. So get ready. Get ready. Hear the voice of the Lord. Plan for the future. Move forward. This is not the end, is what Jeremiah is saying. This is not the end, is what I'm saying. It's not the end. There is so much ahead of us, and it's good. It's good. It's good. Verse 16. After I had given the deed of purchase to Baruch, the son of Neriah, I prayed, the Lord, prayed to the Lord, saying, Ah, Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power. It's not Nebuchadnezzar. You know, they used to worship him as a god because he was the king, he was the, the leader. He's not God. God, you're God. I don't care what that guy says. I know what you've said to me. And your promises to me is, this land is still ours. We're coming back here. We're going to operate here. We're going to live here. We're going to live, and it's going to be normal. I mean, the land's going to be bought and sold. That means that people have enough money to buy and sell. Life gets back to normal. Ah, Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. I encourage every one of you, whether you're here in this building or whether you're at home or wherever you're watching it, I want you to say this right now. I want not to me, not to each other, not to, I want you to say this to God. Nothing is too hard for you. Say that with me right now. Nothing is too hard for you, God. Nothing is too hard. It doesn't matter what the world says. It doesn't matter what the news says. It doesn't matter what this and that says. If God said it, we can trust it, and we need to act accordingly on it. Amen? Amen. Nothing is too hard for you. Verse 18, You show steadfast love to thousands, but you repay the guilt of fathers to their children after them. O great and mighty God, whose name is the Lord of hosts, great in counsel, mighty in deed, whose eyes are open to all the ways of the children of man, rewarding each one according to his ways and according to the fruit of his deeds. God is well able to sort this out. God is well able to give you the ability to prosper. 
God is well able. And I loved what, what Pastor John Logan said this morning. The, the, we're not fighting against flesh and blood. I know he stole that. It's in the Bible. But we need to hear that. We're not fighting against man. We're not even fighting against the philosophies of man. What we're fighting against is the enemy who's trying to stop the Word of God from being preached and moving forward in the world, but especially in your life. If you're, if you're succumbed to fear, both he said it, the worship team said it, if we're succumbed to fear, we won't take a step out. But if God's telling you to take a step out, you take the step out. But if he also tells you to take a step back, you do that too. Well, but what if, what if people look at me you know, strangely because I took a step back? No, it doesn't matter what people think. It, it doesn't matter. You know, I, I loved what, what Brian said during the offering. There are times when God leads you to give, but then there's times when he leads you not to give. That's okay. You know, as a pastor, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot. No, every time God leads you to give. Every time. No, he doesn't. Sometimes I've had it happen to me. I've been in a church service where the offering has come around and I said, what do I need? What, what should I give? And the Lord says, don't give anything. Okay. But I've also been in services where I, he said, I said, how much should I give? And he says, everything. <sighs> Faith, obedience, moving forward. I don't know if you've noticed, but apparently there's a pandemic in the world. And apparently, there's one... Okay, I tried. I was going to do it with a straight face. I can't. Okay. Obviously, we know everything that's been going on. I want to... That was what I was going to preach. That's the word of the Lord. That's what you needed to hear this morning. I hope you're encouraged. Now we need to talk some nuts and bolts here. We need to talk some logistics. We need to talk reality, you know, stuff that we need to, to do. I want to start it out this way. We're going to have service next Sunday here. <laughs> Glory to God. Now the interesting thing is this. We always were. Before, when this thing first started, and I've shared this publicly a number of times, so, you know, just so you know, I'm not, you know, just saying it now for the cameras or saying it now because, well, now it's going to happen. I've said this all along. When this first thing, when this first started to happen, my first prayer, and I'm just going to be honest with you, is, God, is this the end? You know, you need to ask questions like that. When stuff starts happening, you need to start, you know, start saying, Lord, what's going on? What do I need to do? You start checking in. You start hearing the voice of the Lord. My first, my first prayer was, is this the end? Because if it is, we need to act appropriately. Ah! No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going <laughs> to. But if it's the end, we need to, then we need to do what the end is, you know, calls on us to do. And the Holy Spirit says, this is not the end. This is the beginning. Every time I, I say that, I just get so excited. Because land will be bought and sold. Fields will be planted. There's work to be done, people. And we're moving forward. We're, we're going to come out of this with power. I said that, I think I said that the first week. I said, we're coming out of this with power. We're not coming out of this going, whew, we survived. Oh, man, that was close. 
No, we're coming out with joy. We're coming out with peace. We're coming out with life. That's the kingdom of God. We're coming out here. Let's, we, we, we took a step back. We did. I can tell. I can prove it. We took a step back. But we're coming out of this with power. We're, you just watch. You watch what God does with this. You watch the open doors. You watch the, the expansion of the kingdom, the expansion of the gospel. Glory to God. It is so exciting. I just might dance. Maybe. I, I felt that from home, Deb. Deb's going, no, I'm just kidding. I think she's going to be dancing. I, you know, she is, Woo. where was I? Okay, so we were always going to, I said, my first prayer was, is this the end? No, it's not the end, it's the beginning. I was like, okay, then how long is this going to last? Because, you know, whatever we do, we have to make decisions based upon it. You know, the very first week, we had a, a, a smaller service here, and we were already online. Praise God for, for those who are, have been working so diligently at home. Give them a big round of applause, all the camera folks and all the, the, the worship folks. I mean, everybody who's been making all this happen. We were set up. It was ready. We, we just moved right into it. And so we said, you know, we got to figure this out. We, but but do, we, do we shut it down? Do we, do we make it you know, purely online? And then, then we had to decide, what about our Wednesday night stuff? And so we need to know, how long is this going to go on? If it's a week and a half, eh, don't come next week. We'll, just, we'll start up the week after. You know, if that's what the Holy Spirit was saying, it was going to be a week and a half. And as I prayed, I did not feel it was going to be a week and a half or that it was going to be three weeks or five. As I prayed about it, I kept hearing the end of May. That's what I heard. This will be done at the end of May. And I just kept seeking the Lord. I mean, you don't just hear that. And like I say, you don't just hear it and just start out. You know, you keep listening. You keep asking, Lord. And so I you know, did some research, started looking at some other things, and I, and I kept having peace. It's going to be the end of May. Well, then... We got fully into video. We got fully into this. And I, I'm gonna have to, I'm just gonna be honest with you. I have enjoyed doing this. I know it's weird doing it with, with less people in the room. I don't like not having people here. It's gonna be fun to have everybody here and doing online stuff. But we have seen so much movement forward. We have more people being a part. It'll be so interesting to see who comes back when everybody comes back fully because there's going to be a whole bunch of people we don't know that have found us online. That's exciting. Praise God. But as, as you know, I've enjoyed it. And this last week I was talking to some other pastors and they were lamenting. They said they hate it. They hate doing the online stuff. They hate doing the video stuff. And I'm thinking, I actually like it. And they started getting worried. Is, is that the latent TV evangelist coming out of me? Is there, do I need to be afraid, you know, the hair. I got to work on the hair uh, and the. Just kidding. Just kidding. But I've enjoyed it. I've actually. I've kind of. This is kind of interesting, fun. You, see, you know, I know. I know many of you because you've told me you really like watching the service in your. You know, in your your uh, uh, pajamas. I almost said underwear. Don't don't do that. Please don't do pajamas. You know, I get it. There's, been, there's a certain level of, that's kind of fun, you know? But I heard a pastor say this week, in the middle of that conversation, he goes, this isn't church. 
Church is the body of Christ coming together. Ecclesia. That's church. We've been ministering. We've been preaching. The word of God is going forth. Absolutely. And the ones that are here, this is church for us. And if you're in your home with, with your folk, that's church. I mean, where two or more are gathered, that is church. But how much better is all of us together? But to do that, we need to do it wisely. And that's the, the end of what, you know, what I want to share today is we are going to start up next Sunday, May 31st, 9.30, right here. Pentecost Sunday, I think that's significant. It's going to be awesome. But we need to do it wisely. We need to do it led by the Holy Spirit. I just need to say a couple of things, whether you agree with me or not, okay, before I get into the blah, 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 blah. First thing is, praise God for President Trump. Praise God for President Trump. God bless him. Many of you are going to agree with me that I just said that, but I'm also going to say something else. Praise God for Governor Walls. It's a quieter. <laughs> but I'm, 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 not being, I'm not joking. I really mean it. Much of what he did, I believe, was, was out of care for people. And I pray God's blessing on him. Wisdom for him. God... God blessing his administration, blessing, and, and that he, he hears wise counsel moving forward. And he does what, what, the, what, the, what the Spirit of God is leading him to do. I praise God for him. Praise God for, for those that are in power. Praise God for our judges, for our legislators. Thank you, Jesus, for putting leaders who care about people. This last two weeks has been a roller coaster for us. For me as, a, as the pastor, for us as leaders, our, our church staff, other church leaders, it has been a roller coaster. Because as of seven days ago, the, the rule was we weren't going to meet. And I just need to tell you publicly, we were going to meet. We were going to meet this coming Sunday, this next Sunday. All this. And so... You know, why, how, you know, and, and, and the biggest thing, I, the thing you need to really catch my heart on this is that whatever we were going to do, what we, were, what we have decided to do, every step we take from this point on is not out of rebellion. It is not out of arrogance. It's not out of, we deserve, ah. everything, because I have checked my heart and checked my heart and ch- double, tripled and quadruple checked my heart. Because whatever we do, we want to do it out of peace, love, and joy. And honor. Because that's what love does. That's what love does. John's exactly right. Our enemy does not have a, a, a human name. Our enemy is the Antichrist spirit that is trying to stop this. He's, he's killing, stealing, and destroying. We take authority over that thing. But it's not people. And so whatever we do can't be done out of pride or arrogance, because God, God doesn't bless that. He actually resists that. So moving forward, everything we do has to be done in humility and honor and blessing, both 
us as leaders, me as a leader, but also as every one of us. Everything we do from this day forward, check it with love. Check it with peace, joy, the Word of God. So we're going to get together next week. We're going to have the service here. And we're going to do it with love. We're going to do it in love. We're, going to, we, we're making opportunities for everybody. Because <clears throat> that wasn't anything, just so you know. Perfect health. Perfect health. Hallelujah. Oh, I love this. Okay, so what we're going to do is uh, there have been a ton of recommendations, the CDC, the, the governor, the, the state, the blah, 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 all these different people. We have, I have been on, I think I've been on two or three uh, Zoom calls with state representatives and, and uh, lawyers, and we've talked to our lawyer, we've talked to, to everybody else, and, and, and as we move forward, we need to do it wisely. Because the other thing is, we're not going to lose this. We're not going to put anything at jeopardy uh, by doing something dumb and brash and, and, and foolish. But we can take steps forward, very aggressive steps forward, without being foolish. So, the first and foremost thing, I, you know, and here's where I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that here's where you get in, but here's why Jeremiah says, I did this and I did this. I did all the legal stuff. It was important that he did that because it was legally, he was then, it was his property and God honored that and he wrote it down in the word. So legally, you know, after talking to everybody, talking to our lawyer, uh, here's, here's what I need to say. Number one is in case you didn't know, there's a pandemic going on out there. And because of that, anything you do, you personally do, whether it's going to Walmart or going to Menards or hanging out in somebody's backyard or coming to church next Sunday is your personal responsibility. You understand. You need to know. You understand there is a pandemic out there. And there are people who believe that certain levels of concern need to be dealt with. And I agree with that. You need to be wise. Be smart. Not, everybody's, not everybody believes the same thing. That's why we need to walk in love. Not everybody understands the same thing. Not everybody has the same level of faith. Not everybody has the same level of understanding of what the Word of God says. So if you come, you come because you've decided, you've chosen, you've thought it through, and you are making the choice to come and be a part of our service next weekend. Having said that, I, I'm so sorry because I'll be honest with you. Me personally, when I go to every store, every restaurant, every place that you go, warning, 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 warning. I'm just like, oh, sign, sign, everywhere a sign. <laughs> but next week when you come, there's going to be signs everywhere. Okay, I'm just telling you. We have to do that because it's the legal thing to do. I'm just letting you know. Don't look at it as, oh, they're in fear, because I'm not. But we are in wisdom, and we're going to be wise. There's going to be signs everywhere. I mean, with things like it, wash your hands. Please wash your hands. If you haven't learned anything out of the last 12 weeks, <laughs> wash your hands. Please. Take a shower. Please. 
Brush your teeth. People are giving me ideas. Awesome. Thank you. Brush your teeth. Comb your hair. Remember, you're in public again. We have to retrain ourselves. Get dressed. No pajamas. I will. We're not going to stop anyone from walking through the doors. Unless you're wearing pajamas, you will not get in the door. I'm telling you, right? We have a line. <laughs> Use common sense. Amen. Cough into your elbow. Ah, blah, 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 blah. All the stuff. Everything you go to Walmart, go to Menards that's over the loudspeaker continuously. Here's how to be safe. Don't, you know, whatever. Here in the main sanctuary, because what we want to do is we want to make it possible for everyone that wants to come, that has a desire to come. And just so you know, here's another legal disclaimer. The, the, the governor has said 25%. That's easy. We have a sanctuary that seats 300. We have extra rooms that seat 50 each. If all of you came, it's okay. We're, you know, we're not, we're not going to turn anyone away. That's probably one of the things I shouldn't have said. But, strike that one, Peter, when it comes to it. But, I could feel Debbie cringing in the, you know, at home. Because we talked about this. I said, this is a work in progress because, you know, there's so much, blood, you know, so much legal stuff, I have to be careful. Moving on. All right. Wash your hands. Wear clothes. Uh, <laughs> if you come in here to the sanctuary, in this sanctuary, all the chairs are going to be set up. I'm just telling you right now. All the chairs are going to be set up. We strongly encourage, this part should stay in. We strongly encourage social distancing, of your choice. If someone wants to be social distance, just tell them, hey, I, I really do want to sit six feet from somebody. And that's where everybody walks in love. Both sides. We, you know, praise God, we had prayer uh, this last week and somebody came with a mask on who sat six feet away. God, I was good to see them. Praise God for them. If you want to wear a mask next week, please wear a mask. We're not going to mandate it here in the sanctuary. We're not. But what we are going to do is we're going to have the two classrooms open in the, in the new building, and we're going to have live streaming into both of them. In the large one, what we're going to have is, because we want to accommodate everybody, if you're in the large classroom, from the time you walk into it to the time you leave, we really are going to say, you have to have a mask on, and you need to social distance. Because... I don't want to, I don't want anybody to not come and have fellowship. You can have fellowship with somebody six feet away and have a mask on, but at least you're with another believer. Where two or more are gathered, there he is in the midst. And so we will have an area where that is happening, where you can be together with the body. It's not everybody, obviously. And, and I don't want you to feel bad. And if somebody goes over there, I don't want somebody going, oh, well, why are they going over there? No, 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 no. Love. Love, I want you to come, if that's what it is. If, you know, I, want, I want you to be a part of, of the, the body, a part of the ecclesia. But that's how we're going to accommodate that. That's the big classroom. The second classroom, the middle classroom, is going to have social distancing. If you're really like, hey, I really do want to be six feet apart, but you don't have to wear a mask. Does that make sense? We're, just, we're meeting every level of per people's concern. In here... We encourage you to do all the stuff. If you want to wear a mask, you can wear a mask in here. You can, you can be six feet apart. We encourage that. 
We encourage it. That's what the CD says us to do. I absolutely can agree with that. We encourage it. But if you see three or four people starting to sit together, you're not going to look down on them. You're not, if they're not wearing a mask, or if they, God forbid, they hug, we're not going to judge them because of it. But it, you know, if you don't want to be hugged, say, I don't want to be hugged. It's okay. It's really okay. We're not going to look down on that either. Love in all directions. Also, we're going to continue to live stream. If you just don't have the peace to come back, and here's where you need to hear the Holy Ghost. You need to maybe not come because of you, or you maybe need to not come because of somebody else. If, if you're not feeling well, don't come. I, don't, I can make that very, very... If you don't feel well, don't come. Call us. We'll come to you and pray for you. I'll be there. All along we would have done that, have done that. But if you, or if you're just like, eh, I don't want to do it yet. I want to stay in the pajamas a few more weeks. Great. I love you. We miss you. But I get it. It's okay. Really, it's okay. It's absolutely okay. I'm not going to, I don't think badly about anybody at this point because you're all amazing. So we're going to continue to do that. Plus, we have an FM broadcaster. Some have asked if they can park in the parking lot. Yes, we have an FM broadcaster. We've always had it. We'll turn it on 93.1. You can listen to the service out in the parking lot, and when I'm preaching and I say something amazing, you just honk your horn. We'll hear the amen from out from in there. Praise God. But in here, you know, one of the things, and I and I, you know, I, I just need to to say things. And here's here's the the legal part of this. Here's the what you know. It was so important. I, I just I was marvelled when I read this. I was like, wow, God. You did stuff like you, you, you were very specific on how to deal with some things. So here's another legal part. One of the things that they are saying is another theory. It hasn't been proven yet, but it's a, it's a theory is that public singing is a, is, is a way that this virus, you know, and where they found it was in, in England at soccer games. They didn't close down soccer games right away. And so people, you know, the whole crowd was full and they were all yelling for two hours expelling things out of their lungs and everybody else was breathing it and it spread rapidly in, in England because of that. Okay, that very well could be a real thing. And so one of the recommendations, and they can recommend all they, everything, they can re- recommend all day long, that's great, but what I have peace about right now is we will have worship in here. We will sing. And if you want to wear a mask during that time, great. If you don't want to wear a mask during that time, fine. But if you're concerned with that being a problem, then you make the choice to go, go to one of the other rooms during worship. That's, you know, and then you're, you have a mask on, you can sing to your heart's content, all of that stuff. And, and we just, we want, I don't want anyone to feel pressured. You don't have to come. You know, the kids, we're still not ready for the kids, and this will be the, this will be the end. I know I've gone really long, but, you know, you could hit pause and come back later if you want, or not. But we're not having the children meeting right now, mainly because the church is torn apart. I'm sorry, we broke the church while you were gone. Uh, there are whole rooms that have been torn apart, thinking we had a little extra time to get it finished, and we're scrambling now this week to put it all back together, and it won't be ready for Sunday for the kids. Um, and just so you know, the foyer, uh, the, the offices over here are gone. Well, they're not gone. They're in piles. 
uh, all over in there. And so we need help this week. So that's my last pitch here this morning. That was all the legalese. Here's my, my, my uh, desire for, for help is that this week we need to get the church cleaned up. Uh, we, need to get, we need to clean everything. And it's going to take hours and hours and hours because there's sheetrock dust everywhere in the foyer and in, in places you don't want to know. There is sheetrock dust. And so we need to clean up the, the existing or where the old class or offices used to be. We need to clean the foyer. We need to clean the sanctuary. Everything needs to be cleaned. Everything needs to be taken care of. Tuesday, we're going to be hauling all the debris away uh, to the, the dump. I could use help on Tuesday morning, starting at 9 o'clock, loading all of that up into a dumpster and getting it out of here. So there's a ton of work. If you want to help out, give us a call, and we've got jobs. We've got stuff that can happen. Next Saturday, next Saturday, uh, we are going to have an uh, all-church clean. Anybody who wants to come out, we're going to vacuum, we're going to wipe down surfaces, we're going to clean windows, or we're just we're going to clean the whole church. It's it's like the old spring clean we used to have, but we have to get this back up and running. We're going to disinfect everything. That's my last disclaimer: is we are going to disinfect everything. Yes, I see that hand. Kids can attend. If, if the kid, if the parents make their own personal choice for them and their kids to come, absolutely come. Yes. But like I say, it's, it's your choice. You know the dangers in this world. You know the dangers of, I'm not even going to say the name of it. You know what I'm talking about. You know that, you know what's going on in their world. You make your own personal choice according to your peace. Amen. All right. Staff, have I, did I leave anything out? Next week, Saturday, there'll be announcements this week. Next week, Saturday, 9 to 1 is when we're going to be working. We'll buy pizza. Anything else? I think. Ah, Pastor Peter just said he's inviting the youth on Tuesday afternoon. They, huh? Oh, Saturday, Saturday. Never mind. Saturday. Yeah, just if you notice, if you've been to the church, there's landscaping has been done around the new addition. It's all leveled. It's all has uh, 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 mulch put all the way around. But it, while they were doing that, they dug a beach volleyball pit uh, out in the uh, the youth uh, field out there. So they're going to be building that next Saturday. So if you want to come, come out for that. And uh, it'll be awesome. So we need lots of work. Come out when you can. Let us know. Call Greg if you have any questions. We'll be putting out more reminders and so on and so forth. Praise God for America. Praise God for the Constitution. Praise God for those who were wise enough to, to put our Constitution in writing in such a way that 200 plus years later, we still have freedom. But it it... it was like what was said at the beginning of the service this morning that Pastor John said, freedom is not free. Freedom costs, and it costs people's lives. And this weekend, as you remember, those who have died for our freedom, to gain our freedom and to keep our freedom, to honor them, walk free. Amen? Be free. Enjoy freedom. Keep your freedom. That's how we honor them at the highest level. Let's pray and we'll close. Father, thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you for the wisdom. Thank you for your word. Thank you for truth and life. Father, I pray that every one of us this week hears your voice and that we act appropriately to do the things you're asking us to do. Father, we give you all the glory, all the praise, all the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless. Have a wonderful week.